Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, The Package Tourist and the Magical Mystery Tour called Life, Matthew DiBiase. Tonight, we kick off season three of my show, and our first guest for season three is former videographer and audiovisual technician Michael Ragsdale. Michael lives in the Seattle area, but in the past, he worked 12 years as a videographer for Columbia University from 1996 to 2009. And from 2010 to 2013, he worked for C-SPAN as a camera crew director, camera operator, and AV technician. Last September, uh, Michael shared stories about, uh, on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, Michael uh, Ragsdale shared stories about that tragic day and many other famous events he personally filmed during his career. And he is presently working on a memoir about his magnificent career. Michael, please tell our listeners, how did you come to be a videographer for Columbia University and later for C-SPAN? Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't expect that question. <laughs> I um, studied videography in, in uh, Tucson, Arizona. And then, and it, and it turns out, the, um, I, well, yeah, it turns out that somebody I knew in Tucson knew the, the, the director of the audiovisual center at the at the College of Physicians and Surgeons, and he, the, the first day I moved to New York City from Tucson, he, uh, well, actually the next day, he hired me to be a camera person, and that's how I came to be, uh, work, that's how I came to work at Columbia University. And then in the, in the meantime, I found out that uh, Columbia had the C-SPAN account for New York City, so I volunteered, I volunteered right away to be a, be a part of that crew, and, uh, and and then later, after they laid me off in 2009, I became a, uh, I worked for C-SPAN directly. What's it like working for C-SPAN? I've always, I've always admired its work. You know, it's interviewing with authors, the fact that it, it takes you into the halls of Congress, you know, the Supreme Court and covering America, American politics. What's it like working for C-SPAN? Well, it's, it's, it's amazing, especially in New York City, because we, co we cover events we cover the uh the, the well we cover the the meetings the interviews the award ceremonies the uh and all, and all that and it, it's just amazing working for c-span now when you were with c-span were did you travel nationwide or were you just based solely out of new york uh, solely in new york city now do they have like offices all across the country or are they based solely in new york city well, the biggest the biggest outside operation is New York City, of course, and they even have a studio here, which I worked at for a while, a remote studio. But uh, otherwise, they hire out uh, crews in the big cities. And uh, as far as I know, there's nothing in Seattle. They just hire out to to do to do a uh, C-SPAN quality work. Now, it sounded a few days ago, Bishop, uh, Nobel laureate Bishop Desmond Tutu passed away. And he, and I think you told me when we were preparing for this, you, you actually filmed a visit by him? You, act, you, you, you set up the cameras and all that? Yeah, is that true? I mean, you were there when Bishop Tutu gave a speech? Well, he was interviewed. Uh, well, let's see. This, it was at the Cathedral of the St. Micah. Um, I forgot which cathedral it was already, and uh, he was interviewed by his biographer, John Allen and John Hawkenberry, and the three of them talked about his, 
uh, his new book, and I, I don't have that story in front of me right now, but I wrote it quite a while ago. And uh, it, I was a camera person. There was a two two camera shoot. What is it like? Uh, how do you tell us? Tell our listeners because this is the first time I ever interviewed a videographer. How does one set up cameras when you're filming like a world leader or a national leader or a notable state leader? What, what's the science for setting up camera work? Well, yeah, yeah, we have to go by C-SPAN standards. We have to have a switcher. We have to have the, the right cables, the right cameras, and now, now it's digital, of course. And we have to be, we have to, we have to set up and not interfere with anything that goes on there. And of course, I, I did interfere a little bit by collecting autographs, and uh, <laughs> it was it was just amazing covering Desmond Tutu, and I even got his autograph afterwards. I I got John Allen's autograph and and John Huckenberry's autograph afterwards. What what was Bishop Tutu like? I mean, as a person. Well, I'm I'm so focused on my job as a camera person, I. I, I didn't pay attention too much. I, was, I, was, I had ear, uh, headphones on and listened to the director directing me the kind of shots he wanted. But afterwards, I found him to be a very, very, uh, I don't know, just somebody that just just lifts your spirit just, just by being in his presence. <laughs> he was, and it happened to be uh, his birthday month, and so they, they had a birthday cake for him, and everybody in the audience sang happy birthday to him, and that was amazing. Hearing people sing happy birthday to such a wonderful man in, in a beautiful church. Now, you also mentioned uh, you was it you did some filming uh, with disability rights activist John Hockenberry. Is that true? I mean, did you? What was he like? I I don't recall, but he he I was I was so busy doing the uh, camera work, but I did cover him at that uh, at that event with Desmond Tutu, and he was the guest speaker at a uh, occupational therapy graduation at Columbia University. So I, I covered him at least twice. How, how difficult is to set up cameras, you know, when you're doing a world leader? I mean, is positioning important? I mean, is there like a science to it when you position cameras? Well, on single camera shoots, we're off to the side. C-SPAN asks us to be off to the side, and unless unless there's no room there, then we're, then we're straight back. Uh, and on two camera shoots and maybe three camera shoots, we're we're dead center in the back, and we're to the right, we're to, we're off to one side, so that so the director has has some can vary the shots. And the, the cameras are already set up pretty much. We just have to uh, color. We have to ch check the color and make sure it matches on both both the cameras. Now you talked about you know last September you were you were talking about uh, recording you know the, the aftermath of 9/11. How how did that come about? When when you know first, what were you? Where were you? And what were you doing when nine eleven took place? What happened on that day? Where were you on that day? Well, I was at uh, what was used to be called the Babies Children's Hospital of near Presbyterian, and uh, now it's called the Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital. And I was I was setting up for a press conference by George Pataki, the, the governor of New York, and uh, we and. Let's see. Well, my my coworker was setting up a camera. I was setting up the lights, and all of a sudden the cell phones went off. We got these calls. Said something's happening at the World Trade Center, and we were all we were all puzzled and wondering what's going on. And and 
we had to well we just left the scene we went to we went to different rooms to look for a television to watch and uh and I, I, I actually ended up in the, in, the, in the room of the CEO of the Children's Hospital and um, watched this plane hit the second tower. And I, and I, I remember hearing these, these bursts of, what's going on and what's happening? And, and my coworker, who, who, was, who was from Venezuela, he said, that is terrorism. I mean, he knew right away. <clears throat> when, and in the immediate aftermath, I mean, when you were filming the aftermath, did Columbia, was it, where did Columbia University officially commission you to start filming people, you know, during the aftermath of 9-11, or was this something you did utterly on your own? Um, well, there wasn't any work for, for a week, of course, like Tuesday through Saturday and the following Monday, we finally got some work. But, uh, uh, well, I, I just, I knew my assignment's going to be much more important and interesting, of course, from, the, from then on. And, and, uh, C-SPAN and Columbia University both assigned, assigned us to some extremely amazing events. You know, the, the first, like one of the first events I, I covered was, uh, let's see, when the, the 2001 General Assembly meeting at the United Nations got together and addressed international terrorism. And after that, I covered Vice President Dick Cheney when he first appeared in public at the 56th Annual Alfred E. Smith Center. And later I covered, um, well, not not myself, but with, with my video crew, we covered Noam Chomsky when he came to New York to criticize U.S. foreign policy and the invasion of Afghanistan. And on my own, I did go to to uh, the first post 9/11 town hall meeting at the Great Hall of Cooper Union, and an interfaith prayer service and protest march to Times Square the the, the day the U.S. invaded Iraq. And then and then later I I, I back that. Well, this is for Columbia University, I, uh, from the Presbyterian Hospital. I covered when uh, burn victims were released from from uh, from the burn center, which is now called the Hearst Burn Center. And then even later than that, just just amazing events. You know, I, I covered uh, West Point Military Academy's 2002 graduation when President George Bush spoke about preemptive strikes for the first time in public. Just so it was a combination of both. Both things. Is it, is any of your nine eleven material featured at the nine eleven memorial? Yes, yes, it is. In two thousand ten, let's see. Well, how did that all start? Let's let me think about this. Well, after okay, this is how it went. Well, I, I did this collecting. I uh, how do I start this? Okay, my role as an archivist started in 1997 at my fourth C-SPAN assignment. And a, a co-worker and I were, were, had the task of covering Barry Bostwick, reading letters for, uh, written by George Washington before, during, and after his presidency from a book titled Writing by George Washington. And because I knew him as Brad from the, the cult movie a Rocky Horror Picture Show, I decided to get a program and get his autograph. And I, and I immediately said, wow, that was pretty easy, so I'm going to document my entire video career that way. And to make a long story short, I ended, ended up, uh, ended the collecting effort in 2013, and the archive consists of 2,000-event materials and several hundred signatures. And, and then, yeah, that's, that's how it started. Now, you, you, you say you're working on a memoir, a memoir of your career. How far along are you with that memoir? Well, I believe I'm halfway finished, 
think we can expect its release? Will it be self-published or will it be conventionally published, Michael? Well, I'm hoping it'll be published. Uh, a literary agent has contacted me and I have not contacted him back. And she said she sounds interested in the book. And well, what's, what's the book going to be about? It's going to be about 400 stories. And let's see, the book is going to be about 400 stories. 250 about my event video career, non 9 11 related, and then it's going to be about 150 events I covered in the aftermath of 9 11, and events I went to on my own also. Have you ever been tempted to do like a little documentary about your career where you discuss your film work? Have you ever been tempted to do that? Sure, I, sh I sure have, but um, and maybe someday it'll happen. <laughs> I started out as a as a documentary maker in Tucson, Arizona. You know, you, you can join a public access television station. Had to be one. It was it was one of the best in the country. And I was I was hooked. My well, my first documentary about a homeless couple. They they they, they let me follow them around for a for a full day, and it won an, a local award. And I was hooked. I was just hooked. And I made I did like 40, 40 more documentaries in a year. Uh, let's see, two minutes to, to half an hour in length, and but then I moved, moved to New York City, and I knew I couldn't couldn't do a lot of documentaries here. I, I just didn't have the equipment, didn't have those connections and all that, but I did, did start at Columbia University doing what I call non-fiction video. I call this, I call this, all this I do, non-fiction video. Now you say, you, you, is it true you were born and raised in Arizona, Michael? No, I wasn't. I, I lived there for, I'm going to say, four years. I'd moved there. Okay, where were you born? I was born in, in El Paso, Texas, but I wasn't raised in El Paso, Texas. I'm a military man, uh, married married my, uh, my mother, and uh, moved us to Girard, Pennsylvania, which is on the lake in, uh, in, in uh, Pennsylvania. Okay, and where and where did you go to school? Now you said you went you went you were at college in was it Tucson? I mean, is that where did you go to school mostly? Pima Community College. Now it's called Pima College. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's a great a great video program there, film and video program. When you're when you're filming like a notable like a world leader or a great national leader, I mean, what do you ever get that feeling? Okay, I'm actually filming history being made here. Do you get that sensation, or are you? too wrapped up in your work to really get that 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 giddy feeling like okay wow i'm i'm actually w recording history here i mean what goes through the mind when you're when you're filming a leader you know giving a talk right yeah both both and like covering abo iban uh the former leader of israel was just amazing and and doing dick cheney after 9-11 was amazing i just i just feel i'm lucky to be there uh, and I, I try to get their autographs if possible on, on the event materials, <laughs> and it's just it's fascinating work. It, I, I, I was mostly I'm focused on my job, like like we have to be a like a fly on a wall. We cannot we try not to let them even know we're there, but they know we're there. 
tell me, of all the world leaders, I mean, you talk about yeah, how positive it is with Bishop Tutu and Abba Ivan. How many other world leaders did you get that very good vibe from? You know, there was it was an, it was a pleasure being in the in the same room with them. I mean, any others come to mind? Yeah, Mikhail Gorbachev. I came to Columbia University. Uh, Jalil Halabi, I think that's his name, out of Iraq, came to Columbia. Um, Evo Morales. We were hired by uh, Amy Goodman and Juan Gonzalez and Democracy Now! to cover Evo Morales when he came to the United Nations to speak. And let's see, there was uh, there was a few others. I can't think of them right now. Let's do. It was, let's, it was just fascinating. Okay, let's do the flip side. What what leaders was it not pleasurable to be with? Let's just say they gave off the bad vibes. I mean, any come to um, come to mind? No, but a few events of other people. <laughs> no, the, the leaders they were fine. They they did their work. They they said what they wanted. They came to New York City to say what they wanted to say, and then they left. But the the, the People I found challenging. Andy Rooney was challenging. In what way? I'm kind of curious. In what way, sir? But he he's as nasty in, in person as he is on TV. As he was on TV. Oh and, my. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> and and I I asked, I saw him at three different events. One I had to videotape, and um, he and I would grab the program of the event and ask him for his autograph. And so maybe this is a personal reason I, I didn't like the situation. He said he only signed the books. He wouldn't sign a program. <laughs> uh, now, you live in the Seattle area now. I mean, are you yeah. doing any type of video work, or are you just strictly retired working on the memoir? Are you aligned with any of the local universities in Seattle? Not at all. Not at all. I, um, I, actually, I, I, was, I actually worked as a... a in the food industry here while I was here because I'd done that before and uh, and then COVID came along and I, I stayed retired. Do you have any kids or are any of your children interested in doing a video work or anything like that? Any kids? Yes, I have kids. I have six grandchildren and uh, a boy a, a boy and a girl and then but they're out in Texas and they're out near their mother and we, we divorced when they were very young and uh, so it's been a long distance relationship. Oh, and uh, that's okay. That's okay. They, they're near their mother. You know, they're taking care of her, but, but they're doing very well. I have a great relationship with them and the, and the grandchildren. Um, let's see. What was it like working with Columbia University? I mean, I mean, were you an employee of the, I mean, how did, what was the relationship? What's it like working with Columbia University? Well, they kept me very busy. I, I would sometimes would have three shoots a day. I'd have a shoot in the morning, a breakfast talk, a breakfast presentation. I'd have a noon talk or an, or a, an interview, a noon interview, or an award ceremony to cover. And I'd have an evening, a named lecture to cover in the evening. Sometimes they're black tie events, sometimes just regular events. And, and I, uh, I did a lot of... Well, I didn't say a lot, but I, I covered a lot of classroom lectures. I had to videotape them, especially the business school at uh, the main campus. And and one, one, one evening they asked me to come to videotape an event. They had a special guest coming, and it was Warren Buffett. You know, that was mm. exciting. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So you're with the university as a, as a whole, not specifically like the Columbia School of Journalism, correct? You're working for the university as a whole? I was working for the, the College of Physicians and Surgeons at, at the medical center. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was based at the med medical center, but we, we did a heck of a lot of video at, at both campuses. Michael, I want to thank you so much for appearing on the show, and I wish you the best of luck in, in, in publishing your memoir. In fact, let me know when it comes out. I'd love to have you on the show again, okay? Okay. You uh -huh. take care. Please be safe, and please enjoy your new year, okay? Yes, and thank you for having me. It's a great honor and pleasure, Michael, okay? Yes. You take care. Okay, bye-bye. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for next week's show, where this podcast will begin. Uh, for next week's show, where I will be interviewing singer and recording artist Sharon Connell. Thank you and good night.